You're listening to Biz Souls, the business podcast with an edge, hosted by me, Rona Lewis, and Jeffrey Hansler. Tune in for perspectives and discoveries about the changing world of business. It's time to connect to the heart, soul, and humor of how business gets done. We have a mark. We have a mark. That's my my brother's mark. It is. Okay. Very good. But I digress. Welcome. We all digress. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Biz Souls, where we get to the heart, soul. How does it go? Heart, soul. <laughs> heart, the heart and soul of business and, and the, the people, people who make it happen. happen. Sorry, yes. you usually say it, so I just totally forgot what our tagline is. That's was. right. You Excellent. can tell it's really high on Rona's oh, priority Oh my list. gosh, yes. I'm Rona Lewis. I'm Jeffrey Hansler. And we are your hosts for uh, the podcast that, uh, where am I? What am I doing? I know, I know. And I've been saying, I've been saying, we, we still haven't found our voice. I think we're getting our voice. I don't like it. No, I I'm can't only remember kidding. our voice, evidently. <laughs> And we're actually, uh, we're putting it out here. We've actually just started marketing. So uh, we haven't actually started marketing. We put the marketing you plan lie, together. Yes, I know. I was, getting, I, I was getting excited. We're getting ready yeah, to I was get getting ready. ahead of ourselves. Yeah, okay. Our, our, um, yeah. I don't know if it's going to be our next podcast or the one that we're doing. We're actually shooting another one later this afternoon and uh, with um, Andrea Hickey. Okay. So the, this may come after it. Depends which one. I think we're going to produce that one first. So then I should be saying, "Oh, we had a lovely talk with Andrea Hickey, but we haven't had it we yet." We haven't had it yet. So okay. Uh, that's that's okay. It depends which one Jeffrey decides to edit first. Because truth be told, he does all the hard stuff, the editing and the and the and the techie stuff. It, I just I just sit here and look pretty and you know <laughs> show ninety seven million teeth. That's it. That's my job. I'm good. You know, like any job, it's only hard when you don't know what you're doing. So I've been working on it and figuring out. I'm getting better at it. I still have now a lot of improvement. Now it only takes nine hours instead uh, of 12. <laughs> yeah, and I'm ready I'm ready to get just ripped up and uh, uh, one ripped up one side and the other by somebody who really knows what they're doing. And so we're, we're going to get a lesson okay. very soon. Anyway, anyway, we're doing this because we're talking about innovation again. We are talking about innovation because we love that. Subject. Yes, and this is about creating an innovative organization. And we cover... We talked about innovation a great deal in po a lot mm -hmm. in, in our podcast. And on podcast 22, we talked about the trilogy, uh, the trinity of innovation. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that was based on the work of Clayton Christensen, who just um, did some amazing work on innovation, really found out why organizations struggle with being innovative. This is actually about, we're going to talk about uh, the elements necessary for an innovative organization. And really the model is simple. It's just that the execution of the model is difficulty. And to use the sports analogy, it's kind of like the plays out there in sports are, um, you know, most everybody knows them, and it's the execution of those plays that makes the difference between winning and losing. So what what brought you to sports analogies? Uh, whoa, I'll get to that in a second. I want to compliment my host here real quick. Oh, goody. Yeah, I want to compliment my host. And again, this gets into innovation. There's an organization that, that's just hired Rona to uh, oh. do a program for them, and they accepted a title that's, that's kind of, you know, far-reaching, and it's a little bit out of the ordinary. So they're showing organization. I don't want to tell you the title or the organization that hired because that'd be kind of a spoiler alert. Because you don't hire me, you get you don't get to know what it is. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and 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 in that program, she's gonna because of her approach and because they accepted the way she's gonna present it, it's gonna give some new insights to innovation. So yeah. kudos to Rona and the Thank organization. You. Yes. And so back to your question about sports yes, analogy. Sports analogy. Yeah. So it's really a long story, and I'll tell the very short version. I oh, turn, thank God. Yeah, really. <laughs> I turned down the opportunity to play for Alabama. I upset people in the South this, uh, from 1975 to 1979 for Bear Bryant. And I all, and then in 1979, I turned down the Olympic. What? Who does that? I know. Well, and I got a lot of my friends for those choices, you know. Wait, I, they, wait. Especially the friends that are sports nuts. Wait, you have friends? Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I thought love, I was the only one. <laughs> I love I love sports. I just don't do a lot of sports analogies. I love sports. I played rugby, which is the greatest game there is from uh, 2001, 2001, the Orange County Bucks. Go Bucks! And uh, just had a blast. And broke like every bone in your body, I think. <laughs> I think I did. I think I did. And, it's a tough sport. Um, yeah. You know, and you know, as as far as not having any friends, you know, I'm an acquired taste. You know, here's the deal. Well, anyway, we'll get into that later. Uh, so let's get on our program, Rona. Okie dokie. Rona, from our research. <laughs> okay, so here we are. <laughs> Stumbling along. <laughs> so Rona, from our research, what is a key element for innovation? I am so glad you asked me that question, Jeffrey. <laughs> Not that we plan this or anything. No, no, no. Of course. About, we don't do any prep at all. Not at all. It's all about psychological safety. And, you know, there's uh, people write about this all the time, and they don't always see how it's used and why it's 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 used. Yes, we want to feel safe. And, you know, the fact is, talking about innovation, there's all kinds of, of articles that show that CEOs want people to come in with creative thinking, innovative thinking. And, you know, that's what pushes businesses forward. And you can't have any of that without psychological safety. Agreed. You know, Absolutely. it's 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 really, really simple. Innovation cannot exist in an organization without it because people aren't going to feel good or, you know, they're going to be a little nervous sharing ideas and coming up with things if they don't trust people. Well, and, and that's why you're hearing a lot about psychological safety because CEOs really do want innovation and for their organization because it's really the only way to survive. Innovation is happening so quickly. Yeah. Things are happening. Real quick, there was a, a, a long time ago when I first started in advertising, I, I was hired by the owner of the company to to you know add in new new blood and the person who my uh, who I reported to didn't you know was not didn't know anything about psychological safety basically she made my life miserable and you know it wasn't it wasn't her fault she just didn't didn't know it psychological safety wasn't mentioned at all back then and the company sort of, I I just had it because I didn't have you know right. nobody had my my back and so they actually got rid of a lot of people like me thinking oh the way we did it was you know, fine, and then they lasted a whole five years after, and then they went out of business. Well, and that's part of the the problem with psychological safety. It it wasn't really her part, her fault necessarily. Not only because she didn't know about innovation, uh, there wasn't a culture of innovation. No, and not there, at all. You can't if there's not a culture, and it, it, it's a whole process. Yeah, and that's the mistake that organizations make. They say, okay, we want to be innovative, so we're going to do these things around innovation. And that's kind of um, what we've discovered is there are elements that you must have in it. And there's, we've um, um, built 
um, designed a model yeah. that it's a very simple model. Yeah. And, you know, psychological safety is only one element for that success. So let's jump to the biggest mistake we discovered organizations make with innovation and why psychological safety. Can I say that again? Why psychological safety is only one. Yeah. And I just want to throw in a quick football analogy. You know, psychological safety is kind of like the cleats in football and rugby. You know, without without psychological safety, you're not going to get any traction with innovation. Hey, speaking of traction, I ran track and we wore cleats. So See how I did that? That was very, <laughs> very good. Thank you very, I've got much. Rona in here today <laughs> as an athlete. So, uh, Rona, tell us, what is the biggest mistakes organizations make with innovation and why psychological safety is only one of the elements? Well, here's the thing. Innovation is part of an entire process. Like you just said, you know, we, uh, Jeffrey and I have really worked on an entire program that leads people from one you know one end to making that making that money and you can't number one just throw a a class in innovation and expect your people to get it and all of a sudden be be experts you shouldn't even start with that what should you start with you, you need to start with creativity the first step is you know at least have a program on creativity by the way creativity can be taught a lot of people don't don't know that and creativity and innovation go nowhere without that psychological safety especially for you know remote and hybrid workers that right, are siloed right. and stuff you know so how is creativity different from psychological safety you mean innovation creativity and right innovation. sorry i'm sorry <laughs> that, that's sorry okay. I, I, how, I wasn't listening okay. to what i was saying <laughs> yeah exactly so uh, yeah. yeah we've got psychological safety we need it in both creativity and innovation, innovation. and then the question is how is creativity different than right. innovation i'm glad you asked that question jeffrey once we got out there Creativity, in a nutshell, is creating something from nothing. You're, you're going for the pie-in-the-sky, divergent thinking, wacky ideas that everyone's thrown out, and you need that psychological safety to not judge anybody else's ideas. And then the innovation part is the convergent. It's taking all those wild ideas and figuring out what goes best and how, you know how you can proceed forward for something new for whatever you're missing and that also needs uh, psychological safety because people are going to say well that won't work because of this you know there will be pay- people playing devil's advocate and you have to allow them to do that yeah and from our research and from the work the organizational development work that I've been involved in mm-hmm. you know there's this impatience um, oh. I, I think that's why they don't do the cre- it's not the executives have something against creativity they just they want to get to the end result quicker and creativity is isn't it the it's the antithesis of processes and systems which is what uh, CEOs and executives focus on for profitability and and growth and they have to understand that you can have a wide berth in a process that allows for those wacky ideas. And, you know, the next step is even harder, as we know, because there is a critical element that almost no one knows to include. And this, Jeffrey, I know this. Hold on, let me pat myself on the back. This is the reason you sought me out, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, and that is... Play. Yoo-hoo! Yep, so you found me as the purposeful and Absolutely. attuned expert in 
in in play. And let me ask you, how did you even think about looking for that? How'd you how'd you even know? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pat myself on my back here. This is <laughs> this is one of my uh, and he has and, very long arms. <laughs> what's the phrase? I I, I dislike it. I, I is it superhero superpower talent? superpower <laughs> yeah superpower. Look, I I have a tendency to be able to see things in the future. I, I'm you know in trading. <laughs> I know as as commodity as commodity trader, I I work off patterns. So I'm a, a technical trainer. Okay. Uh, and uh, I see patterns. So for example, like um, I told you, I turned down. Uh, um, you know, Bear Bryant's team to play for Alabama because the first thing the coach uh, said to me as they were when they visited the school was, "Okay, we'd love to have you play. Uh, you're only 187 pounds. We're going to build you up 260." And- Scrawny at six foot four. No, I wasn't six foot four at the time. Oh. Uh, I'd grown quickly though, uh, and we won't get into that. Okay. So I 187. I was about six two. Okay. And they wanted to build me up two sixty. Uh, That's um, wow. Yeah, and at that time, you know, do you know how to spell that? That's is uh, well, I, it's steroids. Steroids, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That was that was the popular way to get yep. you to do that uh, then. Yeah. And yeah. I wanted no part of that. Besides, I'd ha- already had two concussions. Playing. That's why you're like this. <laughs> I can't imagine if I played. I would Uh-oh. add three. <laughs> I mean, at least I was decent enough to break my neck in rugby. And so anyway, and then uh, with with the rowing thing in the Olympic coach, it was 1979. And I knew the U.S. I mean, the U.S. was going to play a political game and they weren't going to do it. And I didn't want to, uh, you know, so then the next games would have been 84. And I just didn't want to sit on my ass and go backwards. You know, that's a joke. That's Yeah, get it. And rowing on the eight. Okay. I can tell you they would have won if... If, um, if you had the been boat. there, of yeah. course. Yeah, I know. You can say I, that because it's never happened, so no exactly, one Exactly, nobody will ever know. No, I can tell you, it just, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. my scores were sure. really high. Anyway. Sure they were. You know, and then and then on other more practical things, you know, I've been talking about uh, fourth generation nuclear as a solution to our energy crisis, and nobody wanted to listen to it. And now, all of a sudden, it's very popular. Just heard it on the news Just because Jeffrey said even, it, evidently. Even the president is talking about fourth generation nuclear. You know, he must have listened when you told him that too <laughs> well no actually bill i got it from bill gates when he started talking about it so he was ahead of it first and so part of it's just this, uh, listening to people anyway sure. in organizational development i saw these patterns these guys would hire us and and, and they'd hire mckenzie company in boston consulting mm-hmm. group and they'd bring them in on projects and the statistic is about 70 percent of od projects um, fail so the vast majority of them fell well they don't fail because the consultants are bringing bad ideas they fail because they won't be implemented and the reason they won't be implemented is fear sets in this pattern, this this pattern of trying to rush something or they don't want to do that. And I knew that there was an element missing in how they thought. And this element was counter to uh, these systems and processes. They wanted they wanted that instant success. And doesn't everybody? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I always tell the story, God. Elon Musk is a genius when he's going through his innovative process in the rockets kept crashing you know with his tweet that i always talk about which is he tweeted well at least the pieces are bigger i mean he was sending the message that was the that falcon innovation rocket. doesn't come from thin air it comes from experimentation and failure and you've got to get used to that failure Sure. And so I was looking around for it. And then when I started talking with you, as I was poking around a bunch of different areas, and you were talking about play and uh, the playful mindset. And the fact that our first meeting, I actually skipped. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that's because there's something more fun for you to do. That's right. <laughs> you know, why don't you take it from here? Because what the discovery that I've made that you were already a part of mm-hmm. is the value of play, which is completely counter, again, to systems and processes. People, the concept of play is like the concept of storytelling was 15 years ago. Right. You, I, I see eyes glaze over every time I talk about it. And right now, because of this organization that picked you up, starting to get traction. It's, li- you know, little bit by uh, little bit. And yes. And the fact is, before you do anything, you have to flip the way people think and get them to think like a, a kid or, you know, childlike or a, uh, as, as I call it, a playful mind. Get it? Playful Mind Project? That's yeah, the yeah. company. Yeah. There you so, go. Very um, good. Yes. Thank you very much. And Not very creative. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember? Hold on. I got an itch on my nose. So, do you remember? Body when, language. Yeah. That's could, called... I, could I be more subtle? Hold on. Signaling. Yeah. So, remember when you were a kid, how much fun you had with just people in your neighborhood, even if you didn't know them, there was no judgment. Nobody cared what your skin color was, what kind of clothes you wore, what brand your uh, shoes were. And I, and this was like when you're six, seven, eight years old, not when you hit pu- pu- can I say that puberty and in, you know, hormonal hell. And, you know, that's really where we want people to be that curious state where you know, everything's an, an adventure and seeing things for the first time because that's when the creativity really comes in and you can look at things sideways, you know. And here's the thing, it's this mindset that is gonna foster and also create that psychological safety of non-judgment and not stopping people from saying things. Oh, that'll never work. You may say that after you have that psychological safety because you have to give a good reason for it in the innovation phase. Can I jump in this? Absolutely. Because this is a distinction that we found. So people think about creativity and being uh, riffing and improv and just going with all the ideas. Mm -hmm. Creativity sessions fail all the time because, and that's the missing element, is that playful mindset. Sure. And without a playful mindset, you can run a a, a creativity sessions all day long. Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't know how to run brainstorming sessions. Which is why the model is simple. Absolutely. It's, It's really simple. And unless you've got all the elements and know how to get all the elements out and how to recognize what's going on. Rona introduced me to Dr. Stuart Brown. Dr. Stuart Brown talks about how many personality, play personalities? Is he Eight. Age? Eight play personalities. So everybody's talking about, you know, DISC and all personalities and you should read personalities so you can adjust your communication. Well, uh, Stuart Brown was uh, way ahead better. of the game. He was better. Well, he's, not, he's not better. He just, just, it, it, it is very, very different. You have to be was, able to. He was. Am- to, go ahead. I'm sorry. He was yeah. immersed in play. Yeah. And you have to have the knowledge to, to understand these play personalities and be good at it. I don't know how many people go through the, the DISC program and they go, oh, this is fun. This is great. Oh, it's great. And then they never work with it again. Well, oh, or they work with. I can speak. Yeah. Um, or they work. What's what's the other one? The uh, Myers Briggs, which, which I don't. I don't even like Myers Briggs. I don't like that one. That's okay. I'm an ENTJ, so that's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> I th- actually, I think I'm an ENTJ too. Which I, and then I'm a <laughs> what? What? What do you think I am? <laughs> I won't even know. get into that. Yeah, we digress. Not this yeah. time. Basically, it's um, it, it, we have a simple model. 
excuse me, and I'm gonna, I'm just going to share the the basics of it so you guys understand yeah. what we just said. You can't do anything. It's, with, a, it's actually a recap, except we're repeating it. And, and we're saying it again. So... <laughs> <laughs> And, and and the whole purpose of that is clarity because I I think this we're this is a contribution we want to make. Yeah. I, this model should be out there. So you can't do anything without a playful mindset, which leads to that psychological safety, so that you can be creative, which leads to innovative thinking, which thank God make the CEOs happy leads to profit. Right. So everyone's, you know, it's a it's a win-win. The employees are happy, they're they're playful, they won't do the quiet quitting thing because they feel like they're contributing and they are because the company's making money and everybody's happy and they all live happily ever after and go riding off into the sunset. <laughs> yes, and, and my colleague here is, is very excited and she she makes statements like, You can't do anything without a playful mindset. And I'm over here going, Well, all right, I, know I exaggerate. Lot, I know a lot of accounting people that do accounting without a playful mindset. On the other you hand, the people it. I like most in accounting are very playful yes. with it. Yeah, most of them are in jail. Not mine. No. So really, it, it, that model is key to the entire, yeah. and it is an entire process. And if you uh, like any process, as hopefully executives should know, if you skip steps, it's not going to work. Right. And you have to know, you know there are sub-steps within these steps that you have to know what you're doing to keep it going. Oh, like purposeful and attuned play as you cover it. Yes. You know, you can't just, hi, let's go to outward bound. Let's go do an outward bound exercise. No, you know, and that's... I. I see a lot of uh, human resource professionals, and I call it game spaghetti. They just throw a bunch of game spaghetti at the wall and hope something will uh, stick with their with their people, and it doesn't work that way. You know, that purposeful play is doing an activity or a game, you know, for a certain reason at a certain time, and the the attunement is, you know, it's basically knowing who you're you're dealing with, uh, going with one of those play personalities, and being able to kind of read the room and working with with people so it's not forced fun, which screws everything up. Absolutely, and you know, to use a non sports analogy, Rona Rona loves cooking. She's written two cookbooks. I love cooking. Yes, I, I, you are very. Good I played cook, um, cook and share in college for mm -hmm. three or four different organizations. Of and course, he used clay. <laughs> he used Play-Doh for it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, it was a way to eat <laughs> Yeah. on a college budget, right. you know, right. so I wouldn't have any student loans. Well, that's, I digressed yeah. <laughs> to the whole new people that are like, oh, yeah, we'll just borrow our way through college. No, I had to pay for college. Anyway, getting back to the point. Yeah. So there's a difference between cooking and baking. Uh, you can take a cooking approach to this model. Mm -hmm. If you take a cooking approach, you can experiment with it, except it is much more like baking. And the difference between cooking and baking is you can you can add lib in cooking a lot, whereas baking, you, can play with you the, really with have to follow that recipe. And that's yeah. what we've been working on and working with our clients with on the recipe so that you, it is more efficient and more effective. Yeah. The truth is, is there still has to be some experimentation because this is cutting edge stuff. 
and, and you can see that by watching the Great British Baking Show to see how creative they can be within the parameters of the science of baking. Yes. And that's uh, my story. A lot of times it. It, it doesn't work. Oh, and so, so many times it doesn't so, work. So, well, <laughs> you know, what we're really trying to get to with this and, and uh, the organizations that are working with this is they are willing to invest in experiment, with, like Elon Musk is with uh, SpaceX. I mean, now that they've got the formula down, and what's great, and maybe that's what sponsored what what inspired us on this program. Um, he's sharing all his tech technology, no patents, no nothing, mm -hmm. because he believes that that contribution in the world is more important. And, yeah. and this model is really important for organizations moving forward because there are a lot of organizations that should succeed that are failing because they're, uh, they've got limited resources and they've got to get it right the first time. And they're trying to be innovative, and they're skipping all these steps because they're worried about the resource allocation yeah. for it. And I'm going to put in a good word for failure real quick because you can't have creativity and innovation without failure just like in in improv when you're when you're playing in in, in improv you got to feature it right uh, because it only you know it's one more step to succeed so Absolutely. yeah don't be afraid yeah anyway so that's our um program that, yeah. yeah have you got anything else to add no i think that's it, it it's uh, again you know it's just psychological safety and just start with creativity and and have fun with it play with it yeah, they're very different. They're very distinct processes to go through with this, and it is something that can be taught. You can. There are ways to create a playful mindset within organization Absolutely. innovation, and all of this can be incorporated into the culture and culture. when you get culture. When Internet you get an organization culture. that's got a culture built built for innovation, then mm -hmm. you've got a culture that's and it is succeed. possible to change using the steps that we yeah. just said. Yeah, we, right. I'd just like to see more leadership, uh, more leaders do this. And maybe the associations um, will start delivering to the companies that are the member companies. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, anyway. th that's a great place to introduce the concept and the CEOs and the executives that come to that and the HR right. people that come to that. They'll, they can start the process. We and have get to start talking about it like Vistage meetings and stuff like that. Yeah, very, very good. All right, that's All our right. story. We're sticking to it. I'm Rona Lewis. I'm Jeffrey Hansler. Thanks for watching and listening to Biz Souls. Have fun. You've been listening to the Biz Souls podcast with your hosts, Rona Lewis and Jeffrey Hansler. Did you have fun? Subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Talk to you next week.